Welcome, everybody, to the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends will take on three topics in 30 minutes. We always throw on a little extra at the end because you know you love it. Uh, you can follow us on at uh, Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at Two on Three Pod at Gmail dot com. To our nine French listeners, Como ça va? <laughs> what is up? We're huge in France, Ty. Ty's here with me tonight, as always. What's happening? Yeah, I like that we're picking up a couple of French listeners every week, too. We've, we've like got five, then seven, then nine. It's, it's excellent. So. I, think, I think we're just waiting for the people in Asia to pick up on our, our podcast. We've got solid American numbers. We've got some Euro numbers. We've got Africa numbers now. Yeah, one, one, one South Africa download this week. Yeah, come on. This is, this is, it starts with a little It just starts with a little bit. That's all. Anyway. Well, and hopefully you don't hear me making too many noises because I'm trying something new um, tonight. Uh, I'm drinking. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> I'm going to add some Templeton to the pod lubrication machine. I, I, heard, the, I heard the clink of the, uh, the ice. Unfortunately, tonight Ty was experiencing some trouble. We don't have our Skype up, so we can't see each other. But I heard the clink of the ice cubes, and I thought, why the hell didn't I get a drink? For God's sake, what am I doing? <laughs> All right. All sports episode tonight. Topic one, we're going to talk some golf. Topic two, we're going to talk sports, Mount Rushmore. This week it's football. And then we're going to talk about fans. Oh, what are you doing? Anyway. Ties what am I doing? Yeah. Hitting the mute button so I can sniffle. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, what is, what is happening? I'm yeah, not, don't worry about it. Don't worry, I got it. Just don't worry about what I'm doing. Listen, <laughs> Take care of yourself. I'm not a solid <laughs> enough broadcaster to be able to go through like an untimed mute. So, you know. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? Bob Costas? What am I? I can't. I can't handle that kind of a the thing. Well, just don't look at my little thing. Just watch yourself. All right, I'll do that. So uh, before we get into our first segment, Chris, um, oh. there's something that has been stuck with me in my brain for going on 72 hours now, and uh, I'm sure. Everyone who listens to this show is going to be familiar with this topic in the sense that uh, the president on Saturday referred to himself as a very stable genius. I love it. And. Uh, well, that was well, that was inherently funny. Um, I did see some obviously clever Twitter, tw- clever Twitter responses. Uh, first from at Hunt the Snark, uh, wrote a verse about very stable genius to modern major general, and then <laughs> <laughs> the uh, immediate first reply was from at Ubersoft, uh, and these two tweets were together in my timeline and basically have been have burrowed their way into my head. I haven't been able to share this with anybody, um, so I'm going to try to get this off my chest and hopefully it goes away. So are you ready? Here we go. I'm, I'm ready. All right. I am the very model of a very stable genius. I have a mighty button and no problems with my penis. I have no time for television, golf, or social media. Since my brain is way better than top encyclopedias. I like to tweet the lies of racist grievances historical. When Russian ties are mentioned, I deny them categorical. I do not feel the sting of words because I am a venius. I am the very model of a very stable genius. (laughs) (laughs) This is me clapping. Very right. Very nice. Very nice. Did you do that play in high school? No, I did not. Matter of fact, I had to go listen to the, uh, uh, the, sure. the audio just to make sure I didn't screw it up. <laughs> it's really difficult, by the way. Yeah, you know, it gives you, you know, those Broadway people are talented, man. They're not screwing around. <laughs> all right, so I just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> you know, we all know. Well, we all know who's not a stable genius at this point. <laughs> Everyone who says they are. Right. <laughs> I think being an unstable genius is actually where it's at. 
But that's a that's a topic for another day, perhaps. All right. I wasn't. Yeah, wasn't he touting his unpredictability? Right. Less than less than six months ago. All right. I'm, I'm thinking out let's, of the box. Let's move on before it becomes a, a whole show that I don't <laughs> I don't want to live through. <laughs> All right. Golf season has kicked off, and we had the uh, the first century. The century. They're the new they're the new sponsor for the Tournament of Champions over in Hawaii. So they invite, you know, all the people who won last year to come out and play some golf. Finally, golf on TV, because that's the way I love to pass my time in the evenings, watching, watching some golf. And so uh, what were your thoughts on the, on the first rounds of golf of the year? The same thoughts I have every year, which <laughs> is, good goddamn, it's hard to watch these guys play golf in Hawaii while it's pouring rain outside. <laughs> they do it just to torture us. I know that it's for It's really fact. tough. It's really tough. It's really hard to watch. I liked it when it started raining on them there in the last round. I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll that'll learn you. That'll learn you to go to Hawaii and play golf on TV. So obviously the standout moment was uh, the big Dustin Johnson Happy Gilmore tee shot where he drove within about, what, six inches of the cup on a 433-yard par four? Yeah, first of all, I could not believe that ball stopped. I mean, when it was five feet from the hole, I thought, that ball is in. That, that is a, that is a, this is an ace. And the world would have just lost its mind because – the world's already losing its mind because pro golfers hit the ball too far anyway. But yeah. to, for him to drive it 432 yards and, you know, six Four, 432, 432 and a third yards or yeah. two thirds yards. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was filthy, but you know, I think, uh, I think that uh, people who lose their mind over this whole, this whole golfers hit the ball too far. Didn't, watch enough of that coverage because i saw a dozen guys hit that green over the course of the week so yeah it was about the landing area right it was on that hard pan on the down slope that ball took a huge bounce and rolled a hundred yeah, yards yeah and, and i think i'd mentioned on twitter that you know he only carried only here's me air quoting he only carried the ball like 310 onto right. the down slope and then it rolled the other 125 I mean, yards you can't carry it 310 right <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't pick it up and walk at 310 without stopping for a meal. But, a meal. <laughs> but the, but it was, oh, it was disgusting. And, but I dig it. I, you know, I, I love to watch. I'm, I'm not a purist at all with regard to that aspect of golf, which is, I love to see those guys hit it further. I love to see, you know, I love to see people do stuff that I can't do or will never, could not even imagine doing. I think that's the, that's the best part about televised sports. I feel the same way, except for the fact that in golf, it's the last sort of relatable sport. Like, if you play it, you know, you maybe you see the guy pull out the same club you hit here now, you know, now and there and from a certain distance. And it kind of makes you feel good about your amateur game, even though you know that you're nowhere near any, you know, you're not, you're not in play here. No, that's why but, I watch the LPGA Tour, because <laughs> the clubbing in the LPGA Tour is exactly my clubbing, which I can totally <laughs> live with. I can live with the fact that I hit the ball as far as the average LPGA golfer. I can deal. For sure. Yeah. That's actually a pretty common situation for most relatively skilled amateurs. That's about how, how, how far that uh, we tend to hit the ball with the women. Yeah. But, I mean, about I don't. the same kind of club I speed. I don't score that well, but at least, I, <laughs> <laughs> but it, but at least the distances seem familiar. When when you know Dustin Johnson, there's like oh two ten, he's got an eight iron. I'm like what? He's got a what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's nuts. It's like, but what other clubs does he have in his bag if he's hitting an eight iron two hundred ten yards? Does he have? He must just carry around like four irons that he never touches. 
Well, then, yeah, he should carry like 43 wedges. He should carry like, his, yeah. yeah, it's a driver, and then I don't even know why he would carry. He doesn't carry a wood, does he? he yeah, no, he's, a got, a, he's got a 50, a 52, a 60, no, <laughs> 50, a 52, a 56, a 60, and a 64, I <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just dumb. I just, it's, but it's, but it's what I watch, I watch golf on TV for. I like to see him go low. I know that everybody in golf is like, Oh, you know, all the classic courses now, they can't play them because they're too, you know, they hit them too far. It's like, why don't you let them score 25 under it? Why does it wherever? matter? Yeah. Why does it even matter? I mean, you know, the records, I mean, the records are all going to get broken anyway. You know, they're better yeah. athletes. The equipment's better. You know, everyone wants to put a cap on how far the ball goes. And I, I can live with a ball cap. Um, the uh, They cap clubs, right? So drivers yeah. have a core rating of 1.5 which is to say here oh golf nerd alert <laughs> that means if you hit a driver a hundred mile if you swing at 100 miles an hour or so the ball should go 150 miles an hour you get a 1.5 multiplier from club head speed to ball and that is the maximum you're supposed to get from the club head right now everyone's like now the ball goes further the ball does all this and all that i do i don't know why you, they couldn't just put some sort of cap on the ball too in terms of you know what it does sure yeah i mean i don't i don't see that i don't really have a problem with any of it to be honest and the only reason i'm mad that dustin's shot didn't go in is because it deprived us of you know just the repurposing of the happy gilmore meme right the uh that was (laughs) way easier than putting (laughs) i should just do that every time Yes, exactly. I saw Mr. Gilmore hit it there earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it, so let me ask you a question about that. I don't want to get too derailed here, but is, is where is Happy Gilmore? Like, is, is it with Caddyshack for you now? No, because I think as it's aged, you really no. No, it's not. It's it'll never be Caddyshack for me. But it's firmly, you know. That era of Sandler is pretty funny. There are like three or four Sandler movies in a row that are yeah. just hilarious. I Billy agree. Madison. I think Happy Gilmore is the funniest one, though. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Um, I think we're 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 we're, uh, we're off track now, but yeah, yeah. The uh, but it's um, but yeah, there's some good Sandler movies in there. I don't know it's a top five golf movie, right? I think it's some, I think it's firmly number two. I mean, as well as comedies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want, well, that's a different conversation for a different day. But, but, um, so I think Tiger, obviously coming back, what are your thoughts about Tiger? You know, I'm, he's, he's, he draws eyeballs and he's, he's won at Tory before. He's going to come back for the farmers. Um, he played well when we, last time we saw him, I thought he played some good rounds. So, uh-huh. um, excited to see him come back. Will he win? I mean, that's the big question. Um, will he compete? I think he'll compete. I don't think there's any question about it. So um, we'll just see if ti- how Tiger plays under pressure. That's going to be the really interesting thing. Like, at what point does the legend of Tiger work against him? Like, when he gets into contention, he was such a prolific closer. Like, never lost a 50, you know, 54-hole yeah. lead. You know, there's all this, all, this, all this legend behind him. He comes, you know, into one of the last two groups, you know, does he have at this point what it takes to to get to get over the hump? Well, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah, you know, I've thought for years that he just needs to stop trying to be Tiger Woods in you know air quotes um, and just be Eldrick and play golf. 
Um, I don't think he's mentally up for that. So we'll see if he – it's really can he stay healthy. Because if I think if he stays healthy, he clearly can hit the shots. Right, right. And then, you know, and it's just all about what happens under pressure. From You know, golf is all – Golf is all about the mistakes you make when the pressure's on, right? What do you do? What happens to you? I mean, if people who understand that about themselves, like, if I get under pressure, I'm hitting one dead left. <laughs> and it's going to go, it's going to go like 50 yards further than I think it's going to go. So, um, but we'll see what he, if he's got his nerves under control and, and, uh, and if he makes a good, if he makes a good show of it. And that's really what I'm, what I'm after. You mean what matters? It matters what happens when you do under pressure, like why Rory McIlroy hasn't won in like four years. Why Rory McIlroy can't make a four-foot putt to save his life? <laughs> it makes me so angry. He just he puts up these videos of him just smoking drives like 350 yards, and I'm like, go to the putting green now. You can obviously do that. Yeah. Once you put on it, once Stop you it. post an hour-long video of you hitting 103 footers. Yeah, that'd be. I'd watch that. I'd get excited <laughs> about that. I'm a huge Rory McIlroy fan. He should be winning. He's got all the things, but he just cannot putt the ball in the hole. It's just it's disgusting. Well, for the ladies, I think uh, we want to keep an eye on Brooks Kepka. Uh, I'm sorry, not for the lady golfers, but rather for our lady listeners. If you're not interested in golf and you want to, you might want to check out Brooks Kepka. He's hilarious because he walks around with his tight shirts like a total frat guy, and he won the U.S. Open last year and then sort of just immediately almost disappeared. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get any kind of successful season this year because he yeah, really just disappeared in the second half. So who's the king of the Smedium shirt? Is it Jason Day or is it Brooks Kepka? Well, and... I, think Brooks, I think Brooks pulls it off a little better. <laughs> and... Would you wear a medium shirt on the uh, on the golf course, you yourself? Not in the current physical condition I'm in right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, when you're as big as me, all your shirts are medium. So that's um, – I can't find a shirt big enough, for God's sake. I've got some pants, some golf pants that are essentially leggings. <laughs> With pockets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, medium shirt. That's. I think that's. Uh, that we'll see who's the king. We'll have to come back and we'll round back to see who's the king of the medium shirt. Well, and then don't sleep on Rory too. For the, he likes oh. the the blade collar with the, the tight, tight baby gap shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, gun oh, show. Hey. says move on. <laughs> what, did you forget about Enya? <laughs> I did. What What's the big Enya song? Uh, Orinoco we... flow. <laughs> Sail, sail away, the, right? Yes, sail away. Sail away. Tack, yeah, that's, it, tack it on to the end today. <laughs> that's Orinoco flow. I appreciate that you always have a good outro for us. Can we take, can we take a, can we have, a, can we go out with some Enya today? Perfect. Yeah, well, we'll see if I can get the show edited together considering I don't have an internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All right. Topic number two, sports Mount Rushmore. We're going to do a whole Mount Rushmore series. I think the Mount Rushmore series can go on and on. We can take this many, many different ways. But today we're going to start with something pretty basic, which is the football Mount Rushmore. Now, Do we need to acknowledge that this is like a shameless ripoff of an old Bill Simmons bit? Yeah. No, everybody does. I mean, isn't everybody doing Mount Rushmore these days? I don't really feel like I'm ripping anybody off. I think it's I guess that's just the first place I ever remember reading it. Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, fair enough. I'm good to I'm good to rip off Bill. So, like he ripped off a bunch <laughs> he ripped off a bunch of other people. So I you know it's okay. <laughs> we're all borrowing. It's, we're all borrowing from each other, man. That's how it, it is. works. There's there's a finite number of ideas in the universe, and they've already all been had. Everything's a remix, pal. Actually, uh, you know, go check that out on YouTube. Excellent web series called Everything's a Remix. Anyway, right. uh, right. Sports Mount Rushmore football. This is a, you know it's a little trickier. 
simply because there's so many positions. There's so yes. many positions in football. So my, I'm gonna I'll start today with my Mount Rushmore, and I, my apologies to everyone who's well, ever why played don't we line. Okay, I'm gonna apologize to everyone who's ever played line <laughs> because those people don't show up in my Mount Rushmore, <laughs> and it's not. And it, it's it's just because football is about scoring for the most part. So I'm a little bit offensive heavy. So I'm going to go uh, with my first pick from my Mount Rushmore, and it is Tom Brady. Okay. I also have a quarterback. It's not Tom Brady. Well, I, you got to go with Tom Brady. Tom Brady, I mean. I don't have to do anything, first of all. Sure. <laughs> Five rings. Now, if yeah. you're going to. It's mean, an indisputable resume. It is. It's, his accomplishments are second to none. And if he pulls off another, he's played He's played effectively longer into his career than anyone. You know, he's more Super Bowl appearances, more Super Bowl titles than anyone. Um, there you have it. That's my first pick. Okay. Well, uh, I, I'm going to announce mine in the order that I thought of them. Okay. So, uh, unlike you, my very first player is an offensive lineman. He is a recent inductee into the Hall of Fame, and his name is Walter Jones. That's such a homer call. That's correct. It's my Mount Rushmore. I didn't say I was trying to create one for everybody. You had your Dr. J moment the other, like on Twitter the other day when you talked oh, about yeah. Dr. J being your Mount Rushmore. So definitely. Well, man, I don't know that he's top four. So Walter, you know, all I have to say to you about Walter Jones is this: Walter Jones averaged 1.25 false starts and 0.92 holding penalties per season over his 12-year career. Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. Correct. And he was my favorite Seahawk when it was not particularly cool to like him. I just loved that we, it was, we never had to worry about it when it became such a big thing. It was like, oh, we got Walt holding it down. And even like well into the twilight of his career, he was extremely effective. And then walked away when he was still a good player. Yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't blame you for that. He's, a, he's an all-timer for sure. I just, I just leave those people off of my, uh, my mouth. That's for sure. Second, my second one is... Not to them, but, you know, it's fair yeah. to you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I only get four people from Mount Rushmore. If they would have carved more faces on Mount Rushmore, I could put more people on there. <laughs> so whose fault is it really? Well, I'm sure Trump will have, have us on that real quick here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> right. Trump is going on the far right of Mount Rushmore in the next 20 years anyway, so it'll be great. It'll be terrific. It'll be the best <laughs> mountain ever. Believe me. Anyway. Believe my, <laughs> it'll be a terrific mountain first rate mountain um my next person on my mount rushmore walter payton all right walter payton was the most his highlight reel is disgusting and he did it behind a terrible team for years and years and years and i know we remember the 86 bears the 85 bears and how amazing they were but for the 10 years before that they sucked and Walter Payton did not. And he he was the all-time leading rusher for a time. Uh-huh. And he did it just because he was unbelievable and his team was all-time terrible. I wish that I had seen a little more of Sweetness's career because he was in his twilight by the time I sort of had my sports awakening uh, as, as an elementary schooler. Yeah. Uh, but I can't dispute it. You know what? Yeah. You know, so it might surprise you. I don't have any running backs on my list. Really? I had a hard time singling one out, but huh. Walter's a good choice. Yeah, he was he was he was all time, and unfortunately, he uh, he passed away far too uh, far too soon. But I felt the need to honor this next person because there's no chance that anyone anywhere would put this person on there. Uh, Mount Rushmore, 
but I have had a great deal of respect for this man's career and always, always wished he was on my team. His name is Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald's a good guy. Larry Fitzgerald is not only a good guy in real life, but also one of the best pure catchers of the football I've ever watched play football. People talk about Randy Moss and, you know, you got Moss and jumping over you and all this other stuff, but Larry does everything well. Epic at hands. At a very high level. High level. Epic, epic hands, for epic sure. Epic hands. And you know me, I appreciate hands. It's my favorite yeah. thing about receivers. And you know what? If uh, the Arizona defense had managed to stand up and not allow that crazy touchdown to San Antonio Holmes in that Super Bowl against Pittsburgh... What we'd be remembering from that game is that one where Larry splits the defense and then somehow accelerates from two guys who have the angle on him up the field for a touchdown to give the uh, Cardinals the lead. Yeah. Um, the entire time that Larry has played in Arizona, I have wished he was a Seahawk. Uh, I mean, this whole time, you know, apologies to Doug Baldwin, but you know, I know if Doug hears this, he's going to call me up and can yell at me. Uh, <laughs> but the Seahawks have never had uh, that kind of a receiver, that sort of really reliable safety blanket. And I think that could have changed a lot of things um, over the last 15 years. Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, Largent made the Hall of Fame. Sure, I, I guess I'm thinking more recent history. I am not saying we've never had that guy, but I'm, I'm sorry. Let me, let me rephrase. The talented teams have always lacked a true number one receiver. Yeah, yeah. Largely like, played on some really crappy Seahawks teams. Yes, in here in the in here in the in the in the late Holmgren, Carroll era, we have not had a game-breaking type of wide receiver, which kind of sucks. Yes. Well, what Joey Galloway? So Joey Galloway played in town, no, right? Joey he Galloway was, sucks. Well, he was he was he was good. <laughs> uh, he just, okay, so it was Daryl Jackson was good. I mean, he was. I mean, he's a he was a good player, but I mean. He was game break. He had like. I was never excited speed. about Joey Galloway. I never trusted it. it I, the thing is, like those guys, it's maybe they catch the ball, you know, deep ball. I, I, if it's in Larry's vicinity and he's not being passed interfered with, he's catching the football. Yeah, yeah. So my my third uh, my third face on the on the uh, and this is one of those deals where it's like, of course, Jerry Rice. Uh-huh. Now Jerry Rice is funny because he didn't have like, you don't remember Jerry Rice as the leaping over people like Randy Moss or a Lynn Swan. There's not a lot of acrobatic stuff in there. Every highlight of Jerry Rice is why is no one covering him and why is he running a slant all by himself? Because he yes. would just jock people. Like he just made people look dumb and no one could cover him. And it always felt like, oh, look, here's an easy pass over the middle. Oh, it's Jerry Rice. Oh, he's running down the field. Oh, it's a touchdown. <laughs> it's, yeah, Montana to Rice and later Young to Rice. These are... These are Jerry but, was dominant. But because he because he doesn't have like these signature like his whole like host of signature acrobatic type of catches, people are like, oh Jerry Rice, what boy, whatever. No, all that work went in to making it look easy and it wasn't easy and he made it look easy and he is the greatest yeah, he's yeah, he's he's got the most yards, the most touchdowns of any receiver ever. Um I can't get away from those type of players on my Mount Rushmore, the people who are sort of at the top of the statistical categories, except, you know, you know maybe for my last one. But anyway. Yeah, and mine's actually almost backwards from yours, is that mine's almost only, almost exclusively about high watermark. And, like, when have I, when have I gone? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, how many times have I, my jaw dropped? How, how many times does this player make my jaw drop? Who you got? A.A. Ron Rodgers, cow. <laughs> <laughs> you done messed up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> so, A.A. Ron, um, I know that, you know, you have Brady, uh, and Aaron Rodgers hasn't, doesn't have nearly distinguished resume or the accomplishments. 
Um, but man, he is fun to watch play football and that dude can sling it. And I just love watching him throw it. Like he just spins it and you know, he does those falling away stuff and everything about his game is really, I'm very envious of it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, it's hard to, it's hard to argue with watching him play. Like he's, he's the very top of the eyeball test, right? When you see him, when you see him play, you're like, wow. Right. But what's funny is the you know and Brian Schwartz is going to listen to this podcast, um, Packer fan number one, super fan, Packer super fan. But how can you have two of what people consider the greatest quarterbacks in the last twenty years, and have two what three? Did they win three championships in the last since two thousand? Well, you'll have to look since because I don't have the internet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I could, I should look this up, but it just pops into my head. It's like, how can you have two what people consider all timers, like two of the greatest quarterbacks to play in the league in the last thirty years, and not have a better championship resume? It's a, it's a little. It feels like it feels like that that team wasted. I think it's hard to play in Green Bay. I mean, yeah. But but really, I feel like they've underachieved as an organization having those two quarterbacks for the last 30 years. Well, Favre was his own worst enemy, and then the Packers, the Rodgers Packers teams have always had major flaws. Yeah, well, you, so you Maybe can't. Ted Thompson isn't such a genius. Yeah, well, you can't get, it's hard to get free agents, and... Yeah, well, they and, don't. They, they don't do that. Yeah. So Unless I, they're I, like I Twilight guys. I understand their challenges, but it really, it really feels like those two guys should have more rings than they do. All right. Anyway. All right, my last... Speaking of the eyeball test, this this my last player has nothing but crazy highlights, and it's Lawrence Taylor. Hey, my last player is also Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> LT LT stole my push. I stole LT's push. <laughs> that was great timing. <laughs> that was nice. Anyway, he's the he's the best. He really just his highlight reel is disgusting. The I lived in New player. York in 1986. Oh yeah. Lawrence Taylor was, I was enamored, and I stayed enamored. And I was like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so forgiving of every horrible thing he's done since. <laughs> like, oh, it's just, you know, he's, he's going through a rough patch. It'll be fine. LT's good. Just, you know, get him, get, like, get him, so, get him some help. Right. But let's, let's think about New York City in the mid-'80s between LT, uh, Strawberry, and Doc Gooden. Oh, for was sure. There, was there any cocaine left? In the no, hotel? no, they snorted it all. <laughs> I think they did all the cocaine in your <laughs> they did city. All. Okay. <laughs> all right. Good list. Good list. Yeah. Did you have any honorable mentions that you want? I was not going to talk about them. I was going to talk two guys, two names I want to mention. All right, throw them in. Two guys that I really wanted to include and couldn't find a spot for: uh, Barry Sanders and Bo Jackson. Sure. Just sure. formative running backs for me. Guys that I loved watching playing football. Tech Mobile. Tech yeah. Mobile. Bo, Bo Jackson, greatest athlete ever. Correct. All right. Our third topic today. We're talking about fandom and mostly spoiled fans, and I think uh, you threw this one onto the list for the, for the most part. So go ahead and jump in. What 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 was your uh, what were you thinking when you tossed this one into the hat? Well, so I just had to sit through an ignominious end to the Seahawks season, followed by a fairly disappointing performance in the Fiesta Bowl by the Huskies against Penn State, and I just watched on social media as people just flip their wigs about like, oh, this and that and this, and and especially with regard to the Huskies. I mean, the Seahawks, I think we, you know, there's a lot of obvious problems, and um, to be honest, I'm I'm a little fatigued with talking about it, and it's been rehashed to death uh, by every sports writer who covers the Seahawks anyway, so 
Um, even though they consist- they consistently say, hey, you guys don't know what you're talking about, and you're saying we're fighting in the locker room. You know, I follow a lot of the players on Twitter, and they always refute a lot of the stories. Um, but of course they would. But with regard to the Huskies, specifically, you know, we've been terrible for the better part of this century. Yeah. And, you know, we haven't been routinely competitive since I was in college. And, you know, we didn't – actually, I went back and looked. We didn't lose a home game the entire time I was in school. Um, and then within five years, we were going fully defeated. So – well, not five years, but whatever. The semantics don't matter. Uh, but then, you know, have Chris Peterson come and really start to change the culture, build a program. Um, obviously, that we're his first choice, him having turned down USC previously. Um, seems like he wants to be here. And, you know, the, I think the team, to some extent, unexpectedly made the playoff last year. I think it was a little early in the process for that to happen. And so I think it was awesome, and the team deserved it, and they played well. And, you know, people talk about that game against Alabama as if we sucked, but that's not really what happened. It just they were bigger, and they stifled us, and we had to play a perfect game to have any chance of winning, and it just didn't happen. Sure. And we have a quarterback who, when he takes some heat, starts to get a little shaky and doesn't have the world's strongest arm, so he can't make it all up, even though I have a feeling that play-calling-wise, there's a lot of let's try to get it all back, and it doesn't work. I feel that the Huskies need to be a lot more calculated and using the run to set up the pass, and these are various obvious football tropes. And I'm, using, I'm doing a lot of preamble here to get to the point to say that after losing badly in a bowl game and having sort of a rough season that was just where the team was just repeatedly decimated by injuries, to watch people just flip out as if the season was a, uh, you know, not a success or not a successful season, I'm like, look, man, we haven't seen 10 win seasons in 15 years. Why don't you calm down and take what you get and be excited for the fact that the team seems to be on the upswing? Right. Why is it just a matter of our culture now that everything has to move so quickly that like last year literally doesn't have any relevance to this year anymore? I I, I want my fellow fans to be happy, not just these people just I, have you experienced this? I mean, what what oh, is your what's yeah. your take on this? Oh, this? for sure. Well, I mean, we just we just live in we just live in the success now kind of success now kind of era. I mean, you look at you look at teams like the Seahawks, and it's easy to get spoiled. But what you don't realize is that when this whole thing spun up, and Russell Wilson came in, you know, we had, you know, those those first years of you know right Beastquake, you know, era Seahawks football. Uh-huh. You have this. You have a young team. Everybody's you know we're on this you know the everyone's relatively inexpensive. Now, fast forward, we have, you have all the success. Everyone has to get paid. Everyone got old. Everyone, you know, it, everyone started to break down physically, and it's just the cycle of it all. You know, people just forget that there's a lull. I mean, we had a lull between the Super Bowl, you know, the, the Holmgren Super Bowl team, and then by the time Pete Carroll came, you know, we had, we, you know, they, they made some good moves, and then we, we started up again. But... All the other teams, I mean, it's just cyclical, and you just can't, you just can't, you know, early success is probably the hardest thing to sustain because just like any sport, you, people fall in love with the players. Hey, we got to keep so-and-so, you know, we got to keep Cam, we got to keep Sherman, we got to keep, you just can't do it. And if you, and if you try to get your arms around all of your stars and keep them on the payroll, they just get too expensive and your team just doesn't play as well. And 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 I know that people people get spoiled because they say, oh, we still have all our stars. How come we aren't better? Well, because they're all closer to thirty now. And yeah. when you're closer to thirty as a as a physical football team, you know, it's just not going to work out for you. So 
I think there's a lack of sort of, I mean, I want them to be successful too. I want them to make good decisions. I hate seeing us get the crap kicked out of us, but you know, I understand that, that the organization's probably going to have to do something and, and, uh, and you can complain, but, but really, uh, we've, you know, we, we've have, we have a Super Bowl under our belt in the last, you know, in the last, I get what's the, what's the window 10 years. <laughs> so it's like, we'll just, I'm, I'm happy with, I'm happy with, with the results we've had and I'm ready for the organization to do something new and hopefully they will. Well, when I think about the Seahawks, the thing I'm just, uh, you'll never convince me that they're not emotionally scarred from what happened against the, against the Patriots in Super Bowl X Licks. <laughs> that's what everybody calls it, right? Because that's what it, <laughs> it says X Licks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have no, yeah. I think that's how the Romans pronounce it, too. <laughs> but the, uh, but um, yeah, no, we're going to be scarred. That, that's that's going to fall. That, that cloud's going to hover over us from forever. I mean, that's, yeah, just, it, that's just how it goes. If they had just won that game, I don't think I'd have any anxiety. And frankly, the single, Super, the single Seahawks Super Bowl win has sort of changed my objective outlook on sports to make me a much less passionate fan overall, just because I think it finally sort of, you know, I don't know, rubbed my sports prostate until I didn't have to feel <laughs> so pent up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you could put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Templeton talking. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh but um it's good it's it's good that we have you know we have a team i think that's that's trying to be successful i mean you don't live in cleveland you're not a browns fan i mean there's just a you know there's we have an owner that's that's not afraid to to put money in where he needs to we've got i think we have people who i think we have good football minds i don't think we'll be i don't think we'll be down for long it's just uh we'll just see I don't know. But, I don't honestly have a ton of confidence in the Seahawks to figure out a way to rebound. Just the style of play has been too static. So unless they're willing to radically change their approach, I don't see a lot of so now you're complaining. So but the, you bat- the bottom line is, as long <laughs> as you have a quarterback that can play, you have a chance to compete. Yeah, and um, and like I said, I always hope they do better. And I think that uh, that I think that that uh, they've got they've got challenges ahead of them, especially if Garoppolo stays in San Francisco. Um, Terrified. Terrified. <laughs> and we're and we're going through a rebuild cycle but you know i just cheer for them and you know trust that they trust that they're trying to get better and uh if we go if we go under five if if we don't break 500 next year i i wouldn't be shocked um it's just that you just know that uh it's it's uh it's gonna turn around at some point but i i feel like next year is gonna be a a real test of the of the 12s well, and the way this comes together is something that I tweeted uh, at some point last week where when you look at the needs on the roster and then you look at what happened in the draft last year and the trading back and the trading back and then not taking Kevin King and then the not taking Buda Baker, who obviously made the Pro Bowl in his rookie season, and then, you know, not taking um, potentially, you know, Sidney Jones or, or, you know, one of these guys that one of these local guys that played at UW, that becomes harder and harder to swallow. Just that, that we didn't take somebody local that I could get behind. Get, I mean, that's personal to me. I get it. But at the same time, it's like it's fit would have fit with the needs of the team. Um, and really, my frustration on this topic has a lot more to do with the Husky fans I saw shitting on the nonlinear progress uh, of the team, taking a step back by not, you know, performing that well. Um, and frustration with the quarterback there, too, as well. Uh, but, I mean, Huskies, for instance, and this is what drives me crazy. It seems like educated fans still don't have a very objective point of view where you know that basically the entire starting secondary got drafted in the NFL last year and still the team had statistically the number one defense into, you know, week 11. 
Um, so I agree that statistics in college don't matter as much as, you know, the, the Jims and Joes, as I like to say. <laughs> but uh, but I just it's hard for me to swallow when people are, after 15 years of, not 15 years roughly, of just being, you know, complete trash, more or less. Sure. To have one great season, two, you know, a couple of good seasons, then one great one, and then to not quite hit that same high watermark and have people bitching about it just really sat wrong with me and, and made me feel like, well, I mean, you know, it just brings up the same thing. I'm mostly frustrated during the day, which is why are people so stupid about things? <laughs> <laughs> it brings back the halcyon days of when me and my buddy Simon would, uh, would just grab tickets on a Sunday and watch Rick Meyer get his ass beat and we'd lose like a million to nothing. And sure. you could just go down to the kingdom, like oh yeah, just go in and go in, buy a yeah. ticket, and sit yeah. down in the lower bowl. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was. Those were sweet days, but uh, um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, with, with, with the, there's a lot of fever pitch around, around, around football. People are just way into it these days, and uh, and I think they just lose sight that it's that it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, I think I'm starting to grow away from it a little bit for a number of reasons. I um, yeah, I felt I felt myself I felt myself pulling away a little bit this year. Not as I'm just not yeah. Well, as, I wasn't doing it on I wasn't conscious. I just wasn't as and I went to uh, every Seam to Hawks home game but one this year. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the last thing I'll say about that is tell your buddy Simon that he still owes me at least a hundred dollars from unpaid bets that he made with me in the stands in Washington Whoa. versus USC. Whoa! <laughs> Forever Welsher in my mind. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sending. I'm sending. I'm sending him a text right now, Simon. <laughs> He'll Simon, tell you that he doesn't. Which he's full Simon of shit. Simon Keller <laughs> says you owe him a hundred bucks for unpaid bets. Perfect. There it is. Done deal. Great. <laughs> He's gonna come out. He's gonna be like, "You still talking about that?" <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's a hundred. You bucks, were making dude. bets and not paying. Yeah, I'm gonna be talking about that for the rest of your life. <laughs> we'll put it on your tombstone if I can. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, we're into the extra times portion, which means that uh, we're gonna. Uh, what? How do we do? How do we do on our playoff picks last week? Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That it was. It was unpleasant. Well, there was there was some you know some winning and not covering by New Orleans, um, uh, and by Jacksonville, and that's always tough. Uh, yeah, obviously I, that, that's why you pick an underdog. But, right. <laughs> but I thought I thought the games would be closer. I think the only one that I picked that didn't win was I think I picked the Rams to beat Atlanta. But man, Atlanta have, came out and Atlanta came out and did the did the deal on them. Oh yeah, you went one and three, and I straight up went zero oh and four. And in my defense, with these lines. There's no way I would have bet any of this straight up. I would have had to tease and get more points. Yeah. All right. What do we got for this week? What do you What do you What do you think? All right. So luckily, I loaded this page before my internet went hard down nice. before I started the show. <laughs> so uh, we've got Atlanta at Philadelphia as a three point favorite. Yeah, I'm taking them. I'm taking them to beat Philadelphia. I can't go. I can't go on the Nick Foles bandwagon, especially against a, especially against a defense that's playing as well as uh, as well as Atlanta is. That's correct. There's, I have nothing else to add. That's exactly correct. <laughs> uh, uh, we've got New England, or sorry, Tennessee at New England, and New England is a 13.5 point favorite. Yeah, I take, I'm taking New England. To, to, I mean... Are you saying Mariota's not going to throw another touchdown to himself this week? No. In fact, uh, the, <laughs> they shouldn't be playing this week anyway. And um, other than the fact that Andy Reid can't, coach a second half to save his life. My God. A playoff second half. He's fine in the regular season. 
I just don't know what to run some screens to Kareem Hunt, you idiot. (laughs) What are you doing? I mean, everybody who plays Madden knows how to kill a second half when you're up a couple of touchdowns. Everybody knows. Well, you don't do a lot of throwing. (laughs) That's for sure. But um, anyway, that was brutal. But there's no way, there's no way Tennessee covers that in New England on a this is okay. So this is a good question. Off a bye, off a bye week. Off a bye week. For God's no, sake. New England's going to crush them. It's going to yes. be an embarrassment. Um, especially yeah. I, 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 it's just there. New England has too many players who are playing at too high of a level right now. I do worry about their defense, but I don't see any any chance that Tennessee has. And I, I wouldn't take them. You'd have to pay me to take them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to bet, and you'd have to pay me double to take them. Yes. Anyway, all right. Yeah, I'm not paying any vig. Tennessee. <laughs> uh, Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a seven and a half point favorite. Yeah, everyone's talking about the fact that Jacksonville went up and beat them earlier in the season. It was the Ben that's, Roethlisberger. That's, that's not I'm relevant. Gonna, it's going to be. The, it was the Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe I should retire game. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Maybe I just don't that? have it anymore. Yeah, oh, oh, woes me. But I'll just um, go troll the bars and try to trap women in the restroom. Yeah. <laughs> Man, jeez. <laughs> Hey, I'm not letting the people live it down, man. All right. Come on. Fair fair enough. Fair enough. Time's up. Time's up, Ben (laughs) Roethlisberger. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, here's the thing. You cannot have a playoff quarterback throw for less than 100 yards and expect to win on the road, Blake Bortles. I don't care how good you're – I don't care how – even Trent Dilfer threw for 150 yards. In, you know, the, for the 2000 Ravens. I mean, you cannot be that ineffective and inefficient as a quarterback and expect your defense to pull you through this. Not against Pittsburgh, who is, who's got offensive skills. So Jacksonville's got no chance. What's the spread again? It's, it's Pittsburgh's seven and a half point favorite. Oh, yeah, it's Pittsburgh. I will also take Pittsburgh. Bortles, when I watched whatever bit of that game that I watched, he can't hit any sort of touch pass whatsoever. It's amazing. Like, the guy's like eight feet, and it's like, ball's too high, ball's too far outside, ball's in the dirt. And it's like, my man, throw it underhand. I don't know what you're doing. You think that Jalen Hurts watches those games and say, you know, I think I can play for Jacksonville. <laughs> he must. I, I, although, how about that throw at the end of the game? Tua! <laughs> wow. What a rocket. Ridiculous. Especially after taking that 20-yard sack. Yeah. What about that Tua, Matt? What up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. What's in our last game? Oh, hold on. I, w- I want to outline that for people who didn't get the inside joke that our friend Matt, the host of the Reasons Are Several podcast, who throws some love last week so I can only do the same, uh, is a big Oregon Ducks fan and an Oregon grad. And Tua, the uh, – I don't know how to say his last name. I, haven't, I don't have it in front of me either, so I'm not going to try from memory. It's, it's Ate Tecumpo. <laughs> That's not even right, first of all. <laughs> His name is Tua Ante Tecumpo. <laughs> okay. He was supposed to be an Oregon Duck quarterback that Helfrich didn't offer. And uh, he was supposed Oregon was supposedly his dream school. I, I encourage you, if you like Duck Schadenfreude, to go check that out. <laughs> As I do. I'm a big fan of Duck Schadenfreude. It's one of my favorite hobbies. All right, so the last game is uh, the Saints-New Orleans at, uh, at Minnesota. Minnesota is a four-point favorite. Man, this is a tough one. I like, I like, I'm going to take the Saints to go into a dome and beat Minnesota. 
I'm taking them to beat Minnesota. I'm I really wanted you to upset. pick the Vikings because I'm also going to pick the Saints. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm actually embedding on a number of things here. Uh, a, a better quarterback, like you said, a dome team playing in a dome, and a team at home with a ton of baggage. And I'm not worried so much about the players because I know the players don't care about that stuff. But the fans, and if and if New Orleans gets any kind of lead, or if there's an un, untimely turnover, there's going to be that noise where everybody <laughs> gets real tight butthold. And uh, I, I just don't see. I, I, this is where Minnesota kicks it. That's just what happens, right? This is where they they bomb out of the playoffs after having right. a spectacular season. Yeah. Well, I'm. You know. I mean, if we're doing the matchups, it's like Case Keenum versus. Yeah, exactly. Future Hall of Famer, you know, Drew Brees. Who put on a bit of a clinic last week, too, Drew Brees. Yeah, I mean, that, that game was close. That game got close at the end. Sure. So, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how the, uh, you know, the Vikings The Vikings won a couple of playoff games. Or they won one playoff game last year, didn't they? Did we? Wait a minute. Was that last year? No, that, that was when Blair Walsh was on their team. That was two years ago. That was two years ago. <laughs> Sorry about that. And they I lost that of, game anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I th- I don't know. I just don't. I just don't trust them. I, they don't have. They don't have. Uh, they don't have bona fides as far as I'm concerned. They could. They. They're certainly welcome to prove me wrong, and that'll be fine. Uh, but I think Drew Brees has something to. He's got something to prove. I think he knows he's got a team that can go go to the Super Bowl. And so he's going to be extra. He's extra motivated to make that happen. So that's uh, that's great. That's great for him. I like Drew Brees. I agree with that take overall. And I think yeah, Minnesota has a lot of uh, weak spots. Tailback, quarterback. Um, I know a lot of Minnesotans, so I'm not rooting against you guys. I, it's just about what I think is going to happen, not what I hope will happen. I know that Minnesota, the Minneapolis, they, they could use the catharsis. <laughs> it's cold there, and no, I mean it's like and like extra cold, like right yeah. this yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, they need a little. They need a little love, but uh, it ain't happening this week. All right. Well, good show under less than ideal circumstances. Um, thanks for sticking with it with me tonight and letting me work through the issues. Now I got to go get off the phone here and or get off the horn here and go make a phone call to my internet service provider and see if I can't get this sorted out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Get it worked out, brother. All right. Have a great one. Thanks everybody right. for listening. Talk to you see guys you next later. Week. Bye.
sing.